Hello and welcome. God bless you. Delighted to be with Tamara again as we're in our series, Foundations. Um, man, it is a strange time right now, but we're so proud of all of you and how you're responding. Communication has been wonderful. Our content delivery has been, has been fun. Our church is really stepping up. I hope that you're able to see that weekly. Um, what's happening in the community is amazing. We're going to send you some information next week. You're going to see a video. You're going to be able to see some of the images so that we can all share together the good news about what God is doing to mobilize in our community. And then lastly, care. We know that so many people are hurting, especially in marriages right now. And so we want to ramp up our efforts to care for you right there inside of your home. We also want to take a moment to really bring attention and thank our pastors and the rest of our staff here at The Crossing because our team really came together and activated quickly to start creating all the online content that you've been seeing. And we know that you have been as blessed by it as we have. And so we appreciate them so much. Thank you to all of our servant leaders and thank you to you for your incredible support and, and giving. We're able to do so many things right now over the last probably six to eight weeks about $75,000 going to help those in need across the street and around the world. Amazing. We are so, so thankful for you. God yeah. bless you. Let's begin today by praying. Father, we love you. Thank you for the day that you've given us. We pray that you would give us peace. You would allow us today to perceive you, to really dive into your presence and to understand who you are today. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen and amen. We're jumping right in in a series called Foundations, and last week we talked about setting our foundation in faith, right? Right. Hebrews 11.1 and Hebrews 11.6, faith is being sure of what's hoped for and certain of what is unseen, and so that is the foundation for our faith, and then 11.6 says that if we come to God, we have to believe that He is, and He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The promise is powerful. It is absolutely powerful, and every single one of us are designed by God to perceive his presence, to actually know him, to encounter him, to walk with him. The Greek word here for easy in this scripture is krestos. And krestos means that um, in this yoke idea, there is an oxen, it's the stronger one, it's the more experienced one, and we're yoked to Christ. And that word krestos means that the yoke is specifically fitted for me. Right. It's specifically fitted for you. And so my yoke isn't your yoke, and that yoke is different than that yoke. And when we encounter God, we perceive him personally. He fits us to the design of understanding our own destiny and who we are in him. Incredible promise that God has for us. My yoke is easy, and my burden for you is light. What I set upon you is designed specifically for you. It's easy for us to have a, a, a loss of connection. And fortunately or unfortunately, our past can sometimes interfere with our perception of God in the present. The disciples um, were our example. They were with Christ for three years. And yet the Bible describes them as being slow of heart and slow of mind. And especially after the resurrection, right. Christ was resurrected and they're trying to discern it all. 
And that's where we are today. We're trying to discern the presence of God when things are so upside down. And I don't know about you, but for me, um, my past was uh, about performance, okay? And, and the continuum is, is long for all of us. But what I did when I got saved was I tried to pull in my old past, my perception of who I was when I was trying to do success, into my Christian life. And so there are two trees in the Garden of Eden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And so my problem, and if, I don't, if I'm not careful, I'll do it today. My problem in the past was trying to access God through the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so I would perform and perform and perform and perform. And God says, no, 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 it's just this tree over here. It's the tree of life. Come to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come walk with me. I want you to understand my presence and my power, and then I'll help you to perform and be successful and all those things. Well, for me, like I said last week, I grew up going to church, so I was familiar with the Bible stories like Jonah and the big fish or Noah and the ark or Moses and the, the crossing of the Red Sea, but I'd really never taken time to read my Bible and study my Bible. And when we first got married, we started attending this really amazing Bible teaching church, and I got so excited about getting into the Word of God. I joined the ladies' Bible study. We went to Sunday school together, and it was just, it was so exciting to learn about the Lord that way. But the more I read the Word, the more I came to understand my fallen flesh and and how there is a standard in the Word of God that I felt like I was actually never going to reach that. I just felt like I was less than, I couldn't measure up. And so it made me try harder. And so I, I kind of missed out on my relationship, having a relationship with Jesus because I was so focused on just trying to do the right thing and perform like Greg was performing. So wherever you land on the continuum, if you're, if you tend towards like, I'm going to really master this and get this right, or you feel like rejected and pushed away, Performance is our enemy. And, and it, so that's weird to say in American culture. Performance is something that's wonderful as long as you have presence-based performance. And right. the presence is the perception of Christ, the perception of God. And just like on our cell phone, we can drop calls. And, you know, it's been a little while since that all started. And the guy is like, can you hear me now? Can you? It actually <laughs> for somebody different now. Um, but we drop calls. And then there's an echo like you're in Bluetooth and the Bluetooth is reverberating. Like when you're in your car, you're trying to hear the person who's speaking to you, but you really can't. You're hearing yourself. And so it's easy for us to drop our communication efforts in perceiving really who God is and what he's saying to us. One of the ways that we lose connection with God is when our relational circuits shut off. So there's a part of our brain called our relational circuits. We call them RCs for yep. short. And Whenever we can have lots of different things that take place that cause our RCs to shut down because it's like a light switch. Normally, your RCs come on when you're with people and they shut off when you're not with people because you need time to rest. But if you're overtired, if you're hungry, stressed. If, if you're stressed or experiencing pain in some way or any of the things that trigger you like fear or anger or disgust, those kind of things, those things can make our RCs turn off, which then makes it hard to relate to God and others. It's that feeling of, I just want to get away, fight, flight, or freeze. Um, all of those things can get in the way of us staying connected to God. And so when that happens, we drop out or we unyoke. 
uh, and, and the burden gets really heavy. It's not easy anymore. And the tailor fit suit, which is easy, is, is off of us. And now we're wearing things that they're not ours to carry. And then the burden gets really, really heavy. And, and so the other thing is, so that's dropping out, right? Mm-hmm. We, we drop out. We, we go offline mm-hmm. with God. And we go offline with each other. Right. You can tell when somebody's RCs are off, their face changes, their demeanor changes, their eyes change, their tone changes. And so if you're going to connect with God and perceive him, a simple exercise is to worship a little bit. Turn your RCs back on. Mm-hmm. Get those relational circuits firing, and then it's, it's easier to perceive God that is good and present and near. And the next thing is, is like that echo that I described, and, and that really means taking captive your thoughts, like the Bible says. Mm-hmm. To capture every thought, because if I don't, if I don't do that, what happens is, is I keep hearing myself, and I'm not a good enough source to encourage me to have peace in the midst of a storm. I need to hear God's voice. I need to hear what he says to me. And so I've got to take uh, authority over my own reverberating voice and set it aside and listen to God. Colossians chapter 315 says that our voice isn't powerful enough to settle us, but God's voice is. And when we think of that loss of connection as well, sometimes it's just getting back into the presence of God who really his character is that he delights to be with us. He is always working on our behalf. He is actively working on our behalf, even when we can't tell and we can't feel it. But when our, when our RCs are off and our connections are lost and all those things, sometimes we have to remember just being in his presence can help bring that. And if you are a grandparent, (laughs) you will know what we are talking about. It's better better than advertising. It's true. We can be having like the worst day or maybe Greg and I could be in an argument or something like that. And it's only happened once. Once ever in 27 years. (laughs) (laughs) But if Tori Trent and Trent bring Xander over, no matter what we're going through, no matter how bad of a day we're having, the minute we see that little baby boy, we are just elated. Delighted. We're so Filled full of joy. joy. And it's not because of anything Xander does. I mean, he still spits up. He doesn't walk yet. He still poops in his diaper. But we don't care because we love we that so little man. Care. We love we so that little care. man. And if we... We hand him off when he's stinky, but that's, that's not true. <laughs> well, if we can really come to understand as individuals that God loves us like that, We, as people, don't have to get our stuff together. We don't have to stop making messes, mistakes, or accidents in order for God to love us and love being with us. And so it's a really great example. When we're in our worst circumstance, God is is most concerned about us. When, when, When we're messy, he doesn't hand us off. We actually are moved right over the cross of Christ, and he intervenes in our circumstances. It says that he, uh, the Holy Spirit groans in pain when we're in pain. God doesn't, God doesn't put us away. He's absolutely, our Heavenly Father is absolutely delighted when we come into his presence. He lights up, his eyes change, and, and when you think of God relationally this way, it is a, it's a blanket of protection as you go into his presence. And hopefully right now, we want to walk with you through some things that will help you in your perception. Maybe, maybe your perception is clearer and clearer about the character of God. And really, this is the big deal. He's for you. He's with you. He loves you. He doesn't reject you. He is happy to see you. And so the first part of this is our identity. 
the idea that whenever we're disconnected that way, we can start to respond in our old patterns or our coping mechanisms. So some people will go to drinking alcohol or watching pornography or just even escaping into, um, you know, YouTube or watching numbing. video, yeah, Facebook or whatever, just numbing. It could be, you know, going after sugar or some people will go like the opposite extreme and do super healthy, like too much exercise or things like that. But those can become the, the things that we're going to, to try and fill that void and pain to meet that pain need instead of being able to go to the Lord. It's a substitute. It's performing. Uh, all the things that she named, they're, they're called beeps uh, in understanding. And we won't go through them with you, but, but um, they're a substitute, right? Like a sugar substitute or overeating, mm-hmm. all those things. They're, they're numbing. And right now, anything about this, right now, part of the reason why we're struggling so bad is because all of those things don't get it done. And right. we recognize in this interim, we're not racing to work and racing around. So we've got more time to contemplate. I just pray that you could use these, these moments, these extra moments to perceive to press in, to perceive God. You're designed to do it. You're literally built as a human being to do it. And part of it, we're just going to walk through a few with you, is your identity. Right. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 8, um, that perfect love drives out fear. But most of the time, what happens to us is we're thinking about somebody's going to judge me. I'm going to get something wrong. Uh, I, I, I might not be good enough, smart enough, tall enough, white enough, black enough, whatever it is. And our fear pushes out the love of God. Well, in our identity, when we stand in our identity and we really perceive God, the love of God overflows into us and it pushes out fear. And now you can come into your destiny. Now you can come into real hope. Now you can come into understanding of who you are and why you have peace in the midst of this storm. Right. And communication with God starts with prayer. Whether you've been a part of faith in Christ for a long time, or you're a new believer, you've probably heard the way to communicate with God is through prayer. But prayer is actually not meant to be a monologue of just you talking to God. It's meant to be a dialogue between the two of you where you express something, but then God, you listen, God answers you back. That's right. So in the word, in your, in your Bible, there's two Greek words for the word word. One is logos, and there's a couple more, but we'll focus on these. Logos and rhema. And so what we need is rhema. And so you can do all the right Christian things, and you could even go so far. You're not going to want to miss next week. You need to be around next week. You know, check it out next week. We're going to give you the Bible overview, talking about using the Word. So this is a preface. This is getting ready to get there. And you could actually be going through all the steps and still have your heart not warmed and not feel like God loves you, not feel like it translates all the way. You can have a a static kind of linear learning head knowledge and not be stirred on the inside with the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need rhema, Mm R-H-E-M-A. And rhema means that God downloads to me from his word or a circumstance something that is meaningful to my situation. So think about this. During this time, you and your spouse could go through something and she doesn't know the depth of what I'm going through. She would have no idea. She wouldn't know how big an impact something was to me, any particular situation. But God knows. Right. The Lord knows every nuance of every circumstance and situation, and he'll speak to you and rhema through the word. And as you dialogue with him, you're going to build a bond. Mm -hmm. And that bond is based on his character. We just want to show you a little illustration in what that looks like, okay? So, uh, 
when I accept Jesus, I have now bonded with him for right. eternity. And then... You got to switch, switch hands. Your, your arm's oh, got to be yeah, up too. I want to hold it. There we go. Yep. So I'm now bonded to Jesus for my eternity. But you can see that this bond is actually not Pretty super thin. strong. I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's strong enough we're going to it to heaven. That's right. <laughs> but it's not going to help us in those days when we really, really struggle with things. And so in prayer, I want to talk to God. And God gives me power. And then whoop, I want to talk to God. God gives me faith. And then I want to talk to God. God gives me resurrection. And I'm listening eyesight. when he's talking to me. And then I'm talking to God. God updates my past. And then I talk to God. And then God gives me revelation. And when we're doing this, it's really important that we have not only the quality of the, in, the interaction that we're having where he's saying all these really powerful things to me. That's right. But you're my child. It is also <laughs> you. the frequency that we I'll never do leave it. you nor will I ever forsake you. We want to be with the Lord intimately like this. I have healed you. I am day God your healer. After day. <laughs> I am Jehovah Rapha. I speak to God. I am merciful to you. <laughs> and he speaks to me. Okay, so you see what's happening here. The bond, We're building the bond. And, and the bond is built on his character. So the more times you're in his presence, now you're not going to have an earth-shattering time every time you're with God, but as you're in the Logos, you're going to have Rhema. And when you have Rhema, you'll see God in a fresh new way, and that's when you'll leave your quote-unquote quiet time, and you'll say, God did this today to me. And yes. while you're translating to somebody else, they might not quite get it, but he's so specific, and he is so... Uh, tangible and so real, so personal to you that you have built a personal bond on him. That's why somebody can go through circumstances, even like cancer, and say, mm -hmm. God is for me. God loves me. He is not against me. He's never left me, nor has he ever forsaken me. Those aren't words. That is a history and a life of years of bonding and perceiving the person of Christ. Right. So we have something that might help you understand this even a little better. This is a little book called Joyful Journey. We've actually both mentioned it in the past um, in sermons and at sisterhood events. So we, sh we highly recommend this book to you. But here, um, I just wanted to read this right quick. We all need someone to share our pain with us. If painful life experiences in the past were not consistently comforted, it will be difficult for us to feel that we're not alone in the present. It will be challenging for us to sense that God is with us. Whenever we perceive that God or people are absent during times of pain, or even when they're physically with us, but they're unable to share the impact of the pain, then we become and feel more and more alone. That's why this season right now is so tough. Because you can be with your family, you can be with We're your with family a lot right spouse. now. We recognize also that the marital difficulty that's taking Tensions. place right now, the tension, because we're not used to being together this often. We are a little bit used to it and work together some, but right. if you've not been used to this rhythm and this pace, everything that was kind of pushed aside all comes up to the top. And um, the Bible says, First Peter 5, 7, to cast our cares on the Lord because he cares for us. Right. And so when we come into his presence and we perceive that he's there, that he loves us, he's with us, I can unload this pack. And I'm not waiting on her to be my answer. She's not waiting on me to be her answer. Right. And, and so when we put that kind of stipulation, that kind of performance on each other, whew, things get 
difficult in the house, hour three, four, five, and 12, right? We actually have a little activity, if you want to call it, that will help you to enter into that presence with God and perceive his presence and hear him speak to you. And um, so I've mentioned a lot of times in the past how I am a journaler. I started journaling in high school. I have boxes and boxes of journals. Um, If you're hearing the word journaling and you're thinking, oh no, I'm done, I'm out, just hang on one second because we have a little activity, two steps, that is going to make such a big difference for you. It's called interactive gratitude. And it starts with thankfulness. So it's important for us to be thankful because everything we have comes from God. But when we talk about interactive gratitude, we're not talking about sitting and making a list of, thank you God for my family, for my church, for my house, for my car, for my job. We're in fact picking one thing that we feel thankful about that day and really thinking about it, focusing on it, thinking about why we're thankful, what it means to us. And then we, the second step, first step is to thank God, write it down. Second step is to just write whatever you hear him saying as you listen. And I actually have an example. Writing, it, of, down, writing it down and listening is the key part of this because we can even go to God in our quote unquote quiet time and just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And what we're doing is we're just off gassing nervous energy, which just oh, makes gosh, it worse. More anxiety. So you end up leaving your quote unquote time with God or a minute, your space with God, more stressed right. than you went in. So we've got a we've got a quiet. You've heard us talk about that before. We won't go into that today. We've got a quiet and we gotta rest and then perceive, receive what he says to us. And Tamara's great at this. She's really good at it. So I I thought I would just share from my journal from a few days ago. Lord, I'm so thankful for my friend and her friendship. Thank you for the day she came to help me start start preparing and organizing and reorganizing closets. I appreciated so much how she did not judge me for still being so unorganized and messy. She also didn't judge me for being emotionally attached to items that I needed to throw away like 35-year-old sheets. (laughs) Then, when I felt overwhelmed because we made a bigger mess getting all of this done, she didn't get frustrated at me or disappointed in me. She just encouraged me. It's okay. We're making progress. She was also very patient with me when I got distracted when I opened a box of pictures and started finding memories and keepsakes and all of that. And then I just sat and listened. And this is what God said back. Your friend is an expression of my heart to you, Tamara. I am happy to be with you. I am happy to help you. You are not a burden to me. I do not judge your imperfections. I created you this way. I am tender and compassionate towards your weaknesses you are making good progress. And I got the most amazing sense of peace. This encounter was incredible because first of all, our our emotional mind runs way faster than our conscious mind. And so the day that I spent cleaning out closets with my friend, I didn't even realize I had all these underlying thoughts and feelings like she's judging me for being a hoarder. I can't believe I've kept sheets for 35 years and I'm emotionally attached to them. Not for that some anybody weird else reason. would ever feel those kind of you things <laughs> in the moment of, uh, right? We all have those, we all have those things. We all right. do. Well, so w- w- in the day when it's happening, I don't even realize I have this 
this underlying thing happening where I'm concerned about her being judged, her judging me or, or being frustrated with me and things like that. But then for me to understand that I had those same fears about God, and then he speaks specifically to them so that I get overwhelming peace. It was so amazing. And, and that's why community is so important. And that's why we're going to get back to community. Praise God. We're going to be together again. We <laughs> yes. shall be together again. You think about how cool it'll be whenever, you know, you can get back together with 10. Right. Um, and that's why it's important that you have people around you that love you, that can reflect, uh, bring a presence that you can perceive so that you can reflect from them, right? And I'll tell you what, you do an awesome job of this as well. She does. She does a great job with me. And, and not judging and, and helping me to understand that I can reflect from what she's giving me to God and perceive him in my issues, in my difficulty, my trouble. And so we're praying that the people around you would have that awareness and that awareness would connect you back to God, perceiving him. You're designed to perceive the presence and the power of God. We've been together now 27 years. Whoop, whoop. And so we know each other well enough that we kind of finish each other's sentences sometimes. Or finish each other's sandwiches <laughs> from <laughs> Frozen. From I don't know Frozen. if you're getting it or not. Yeah. So I do finish her sandwiches as well. <laughs> sentences and sandwiches. I, I, I do. And the, uh, the, the principle is that you can build a bond with God mm-hmm. and perceive his presence in such a way that you start to interpret, you mind rhyme with your creator. Right. And that you're finishing his, you're safe. You know, it's character. You know, he loves you. You know, he's for you. You know, he's not against you. You know that he's not judging you. You know, he's tender with your weakness. And when you get all of that, your perception turns into a powerful download. You're you're not, you're not saying, you're not leaving your time with him saying, I'm so ashamed that I'm broken and you're rejecting me. There's actually a, a, a list of things that I want, we just want you to know his character. Right. So as you practice these things, you build that frequency and depth with the Lord. You will know that he is saying to you, I see you. I hear you. I'm happy to be with you. Ooh, that's big. And I understand how big this is for you. So I didn't realize reorganizing closets was a big deal, but I had all those underlying insecurities. And right now, and what we're experiencing with this pandemic, I mean, this This feels very big and it's okay for the Lord to say to us, I understand how big this feels to you. And then the last thing he wants to say is, I can do something about it. He may not change every situation or circumstance or or do it in your timeline or make it look like you wanted it to look, but he's guaranteed to be with you through the journey. It's really important, especially um, in my kind of personality that uh, things aren't left undone, that I can go to God and he can say uh, to me, I can do something about this. So external circumstances don't always change, but I leave my perceptive interaction with him with a new kind of power. Right. I leave with a new perspective. And that's the definition of maturity in the scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, that we become the fullness of the measure of Christ so that we're our best self, our best person, right. the best you that God has designed you to be in any troubled circumstance or situation. And so that's what we, that's what we want to do. That's what we want to leave with. And so identity, prayer, bonding, Removing aloneness, interactive gratitude, thought rhyming, and then lastly is uh, relieving pain. And this is a huge concept in perceiving God. So what we want to do when we go to God is we want to metabolize our pain. 
When you think about the word metabolism and metabolizing our pain, that's what we get when we perceive God. We go to him and if you were to eat, your body metabolizes the food. It takes it in, you break it down to its elements, and then you remove waste. So in that process, when I go to God, I am taking the stuff that burdens me, right? That enters into my soul. It's being broken up into pieces. God takes the weight of it. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Then I get to get rid of all the things that I don't want to carry. And that interaction with God, perceiving him and knowing him, and then I could leave in maturity and grace. I, the end result of this interaction, all these things that we've talked about, is peace. It right. is shalom. Yes. And the Bible says in Hebrews that that's what the Israelites missed. That's why they, watch this, watch this, that's why they wandered. And so this whole season feels like wandering, well, wandering, what am, what am I going to do? What is it going to look like? And so we just wander in our hearts and in our minds. We're confined to our homes, but we're wandering inside and God wants to remove that aloneness. He wants to yoke us to him. He wants it to fit on us perfectly and for that burden to become light again. And so we leave that interaction with him with a whole new perspective, a whole new power to walk in our design. Right. We had a we had an interaction a few weeks ago that punctuated this for us. Uh, it was actually on Passover Day. Right. We were cooking dinner in the kitchen, and our sliding glass doors uh, faced the west. So it was the sun was setting. I had the blinds closed, and all of a sudden there was this really loud noise. And I thought there must be kids running through our backyard throwing rocks or something. It was so loud. It's like so a soccer we, ball. We opened the blinds to find a, a little pretty little dove had run into the glass door and died on our back patio. Yes. It but, was unfortunate for the little yes. dire girl. <laughs> and right after that, then a big hawk flew through and I yelled, there's a hawk. And then Greg said. It was a peregrine falcon. Uh, <laughs> yes. So what happened was the falcon was chasing the dove and it was trying to avoid the dove and it ran into the sliding glass door. It, it lost its life, unfortunately. But um, and this might seem insignificant to you, but here's what I mean. We paused. We had a couple of friends over and we paused for a second. We just prayed. It was Passover day. And we got to reflect just for a second that the dove, that dove gave its life. That was, it was almost like it was presented by God. And then I started reflecting a little bit deeper later that night and then the next day and remembered the fact that Passover, this is really an actual Passover season. Right. God is actually passing over your home. He's passing over your life. He's passing over your heart. And he's taking the blood of Jesus. Remember the Exodus. He's taking the blood of Jesus. And as the spirit of death comes over your heart, your home, it sees the blood of Jesus and the sign of the cross over you and your household. And he passes over. That's literally what's taking place around the world. And a person in the Old Testament who couldn't offer a bull, couldn't offer a, a, a lamb, would offer a dove. A poor person would offer a dove. And just in God's glory and his goodness, we had a moment to think about that and to say, God, we see you. We perceive you. We understand you. And then the next day, I was in my quiet time and remembered that it's been 3,500 years since the actual Passover took place and the Hebrews were locked in their house. And that night, they could, God forbid them to leave their home. Mm -hmm. 3,500 years later, this last Thursday, two weeks ago, before Easter, the Hebrew people were forbidden to leave their homes. 
And the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world was an offering to all of them and for all of us. And we recognize the coherency of God, the visitation of God in history. And now the moments become kairos. They're, they're not just a moment here and a moment there. There's the perception of God's grace and his mercy in the midst of something that could be very trying and, and very difficult. So for all of us, for all of us, would you just agree with me that you want the Passover perception of God? You want the blood of God applied to you and to your house and to your home. I know we all want that together. So maybe you're recognizing that there's been some perception dropouts. Maybe you're recognizing that uh, Christ hasn't been all that you want him to be now in this season. We could all say, for my home and my house, I want the Passover to be real to me. I want the blood of Jesus as my banner, my doorpost will show his name. And then we want to make it more specific. We want it to be very, very personal for, for you, wherever you are and whatever circumstance you're going through. And so if you would just join me, place your hand on your heart if you, if you would, if you have that confidence. And we're just going to declare Christ as Savior. So Lord Jesus, just say Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Today I recognize. Today I recognize. I have been unyoked. I have been unyoked. I've, I have too much burden. I have too much burden. So I trade it out. So I trade it out. I know that I've sinned. I know that I've sinned. And I turn it over to you today. I turn it over to you today. Give me your life. Give me your life. Pass over my heart. Pass over my heart. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. Yeah. If you did that today, wherever you are around the world, why don't you just text the word Jesus to the number on the screen. Text the word Jesus to the number on the screen. We want to reply. We want to respond. We want to help you in your uh, journey with Jesus from this point forward. And for all of you that are out there that maybe you've, you know Christ as Savior, but you've recognized the stress, the worry has separated you from him and you have the confidence maybe you could just message us on Facebook or Instagram so that we could reply and respond to you. We've got a team of pastors. We're willing and ready to help you with the word of God. Whatever your circumstance and your situation, we know that God is on his throne. <laughs> we know right. that he brings you peace and authority and grace and that today you can know and perceive his presence in a yes. powerful, yes. life-changing way. You get yoked right back into your design in knowing him as God and Lord and Savior. It's been our pleasure yes. to be with you because together we, we are, are crossing. crossing.